I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Motorsport Magazine for the very best in motor racing. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining us on this, the latest Motorsport Magazine podcast. So, wherever you are in the global village, keep listening, because this month, it's rallying. Yup, for the first time ever, we tackle the World Rally Championship. And with us, we have the BP Ford Abu Dhabi World Rally Championship team. I got it right. Fantastic. <laughs> anyway, they're from Ford, as we know. And uh, we are going to take a look with them at, uh, and I'll introduce them in a moment, we're going to take a look at the, uh, with them at the uh, World Rally Championship 2010, or Formula Lobe, as it's known in France, I believe, <laughs> a country not known for its lack of nationalism. So welcome uh, Malcolm Wilson, the team principal of the aforementioned BP Ford Abu Dhabi World Rally Team, and to Matt Wilson. We are going to fearlessly question them in the true spirit of Motorsport magazine. And to do that, we have our editor, Damien Smith, we have Ed Foster, and we have our veteran Grand Prix expert, Nigel Roback, who by his own admission knows very little indeed about the World Rally Championship. So, we will start, I think, if you don't mind, Malcolm Wilson, uh, and I'd like to just get this out of the way, really, start with the Loeb factor, which I would liken to the Schumacher factor, which is that if one man keeps on winning everything, is it any surprise that people get a little bit fed up with it? Yeah, it's it's. But I think with being so close to the sport, um, you appreciate it, how good um, the likes of Loeb is, and we see it as a from our point of view, from a technical and point of view, is that it's a, it's a challenge to be able to to, to try and find a way to actually uh, beat him. So I think uh, yeah, from a spectating point of view, and that then of course it can become. Uh, a bit tedious or whatever, you know, him winning all the time. But of course, a lot of positive things now with with um, with Mini coming into the World Championship yeah. as well. So there's a lot of people now talking about rally that um, that certainly for the last two or three years there hasn't been any uh, real incentive for anything for anything to really move the sport forward. Um, so. You know, is that a yes? It is getting a bit dull, or a no? It's not good. No, I don't think it's. I mean, certainly from where we are sat, it's definitely not dull. Um, <laughs> as I say, he presents a fantastic challenge, and of course, next year is it's a whole new story with new cars and everything like that. Um, and nobody really knows where it's where it's all going to be. But I think it's a great opportunity for us to uh, really mount a strong challenge for, towards him next year. And of course. The problem we've got is there's another Sebastian coming in the wings. That's uh, Andy's French as well. So <laughs> hopefully there'll be a, there'll be a bit of internal fighting there that'll help us in our cause. Sebastian must be the Christian name of the century at the moment, I should think. Uh, Matt, you are very well placed. Uh, no mean driver yourself. 
you were teammates with Lewis Hamilton in Formula Renault as well. So you're, you're well placed to see what it is that Loeb has that you would love to have maybe. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, uh, like my dad said, I think there's that challenge to beat him. And I think if you can beat him, you know that you, you've beaten the, yeah. probably the best driver in, in WRC history. So I think there's, there's definitely that, that challenge there. Um, and yeah, we would all love to to have a, a slice of, of what he has and and know what makes him so good. I think um, he's just on, a, on another level altogether. I mean, in um, Formula One, people used to talk about Schumacher and say, "Well, yes, okay, but you know, he's the number one driver. The number two doesn't mean anything. He's got the best car, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. How much of that is true in WRC with Loeb and Citroen? I think, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think a lot of it, it is true. I mean, you've seen that Danny Sordo, his teammate, has purely been there as a, as a backup, you know, as a backup to him. And there is times when, when Danny could have for sure won his, his first rally uh, and that was, was taken away from him, from Sebastian, you know, to get the, the more points to, to do better in the championship. So, yeah, I mean, I think there is that, that idea there and obviously he's a French driver in a French team you know he's going to be well looked after so there is that element to it but I think you you can't take away how good he, he actually is and I think that's you know that is the challenge I mean, the fact that he's as you say you know he's very much number one would you I mean if there was an opportunity to actually go up against him in equal machinery would that be something you'd sort of grasp or or would you sort of back away because of the like one and I mean obviously it's difficult because of the section and four thing but I mean would you love to go have the equal chance and, and go for it like that yeah, I, mean, I think any any driver would love to to pit themselves against him in in the same car. But I think we've seen all the people that have have come up against him over the years in the same car. They've they've never been able to beat him. And I think really there's nobody that's that's beat him on tarmac since 2004. Whether it was in you know a Ford or a Citroen or whatever it was. So that shows you literally how good it is, no matter what car you're in. I think. Um, but yeah, I think if you asked any driver, they would they would love to be, to go up against him in an equal machinery. But you know, our focus has has been strong for the last few years as well. Um, maybe not as strong on on tarmac, but um, you know, it's it's still it's still been up there, and and we struggle to beat him on on most occasions anyway. So I think um, he's definitely uh, I think he's the best that's that's ever been for sure. Malcolm, would you agree with that? I mean, you've seen so many great drivers over the years. Would you would you put him at, at the absolute top? Oh, absolutely! No question. I mean, you know, really? my hero was always Walter Rowe because he <laughs> yes. was for me. Walter was yes. ahead of his time. He yeah. was like you programmed him for certain events. You know, sure. he was so clever that he got himself in a position where he only did the events where he could win. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, that can't happen in this day mm-hmm. and age, but he was, you know, just fantastic, and the way that he was able to sort of win the events, uh, you know, for consecutive Monte Carlos different car each year he just knew that if Walter was going to do a rally then he stood he was the favourite for the event but uh, Sebastian has basically way surpassed all that I mean to think that he's won twice as many world championship events as any of the previous highest scores the Kankanans the Saints the McRae's Mm -hmm. that in itself and as Matthew said, I mean, there's been so many, he's had so many teammates, <clears throat> and nobody, yeah. you know, Colin, Carlos, Francois Duval, uh, Danny Sordo. Yeah. Uh, but as I touched on before, I think next year is going to be somewhat different. You know, we've seen this year on two or three rallies uh, where um, 
Sebastian Auger has actually mm-hmm. been quicker, and mm-hmm. he's actually got the victory. <coughs> so I think you know it's probably going to be his uh, his most difficult year next year. And the fact that it's from his teammate, I think it's going to make it even uh, even more exciting. I think there's going to be some fireworks in the in the camp. So, uh, do you re- think, really do you think Loeb still is as good as he ever was, or do you think maybe maybe <coughs> just past, past his? No, I, I think um, he, he's proved again every you know every tarmac rally since the, the last pe- person to genuinely beat him on tarmac was Marco Martin in the Focus mm, in uh, mm, mm. 2004. Mm. Just. No mistakes, um, and then to you know to go to new events, completely new to everybody, like Bulgaria and France this year. Okay, France is his home rally, but mm. you think right, it's an opportunity, you know, for some driver to really mount a challenge. But nobody's been able to even uh, mount a challenge. I think gravel will be easier to to challenge him, but certainly at the moment, I don't see anybody being able to to actually beat him on asphalt. No, I no. can't see that happening in the next two three years unless you know hopefully we end up with a car that's so much so yeah. superior yeah, yeah. then we'll uh, we'll take that mantle but you'd have to say if you looked at straight drivers in the same equipment i can't see that happening well, martin well, brundle said to me that he, he reckoned Loeb has to be the best all-round driver on earth well that's, Given that's the, a, you know i mean he's you know put him in a formula one car for a test and he's 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 respectable and you know does Le Mans and, and all the rest of it I mean he, he, he does seem to have yeah and he's got this incredible level all of round uh, ability. all round ability level of concentration and yeah it's just simply the best that I've uh, ever witnessed in my, in my time in the sport right we are we are in danger of it becoming the Sebastian Loeb. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I apologise. I'm just always interested in this sort of. No, no, it's just uh, people's would... opinion of who is the best of all time. Well, we talked about these new cars for next year, um, Malcolm. Maybe you could explain a little bit about what the new cars are, how they're going to how they're going to change rallying, and um, how you think it might shake things up. Well, I think the the big difference is that there's um, there's a lot less technology in one sense in the in the new cars. We've done away with a lot of the exotic materials, so we have, we have no titanium, we have no uh, carbon fiber, um, we've got a reduced engine from a two liter to a one point six, um, and of course uh, we've we've we're back very much in the transmission ways of uh, quite agricultural in one sense because we've got a fixed solid sensitive. So I think the cars. Um, will be a little bit more spectacular uh, because of that. Um, I think they'll be a little bit more exciting as well because we've got a slightly higher revving engine. So hopefully that you know that's been a, a criticism by a lot of spectators that you, you don't get the uh, the noise from a, a turbocharged car. And then of course when the Super 2000 came along, I mean everybody loves to hear that because they're screaming at about eight and a half thousand RPM. So I think I still feel that uh, there's a that. The uh, the cars and actually will, will, they'll be every bit as spectacular if if not even more so next year so um, I think it's it's exciting times I mean it's a big challenge for us the the the, uh, the biggest probably challenge is direct injection on the engine side it's something that you know we've never had in a in a rally car before I think the rest of the chassis side from our point of view is the good thing is that our car is based on the Fiesta. Mm-hmm. So we've had 12 months running with uh, Super 2000. So we've, you know, we've got, learned a lot from uh, various customers all over the world, plus the stuff that we've been doing ourselves. Um, so hopefully we'll be in a in a good position. But of course, there's a great unknown with 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 the engine side because we've got um, a fixed. Uh, we're all on the same turbocharger. It's an FIA regulation turbocharger. We're on an F, We're all on the same boost limit, FIA controlled. So. Um, 
I think it's going to be a big challenge for the engineers and the designers again to uh, you know, come up with that special ingredient. And are you in agreement with sort of standardised engines and, and, and that kind of thing? Is that, is that where the, the, the future should be? Yeah, I think, well, I think everybody knows. I mean, it's been uh, a difficult time for the motor industry and uh, I'm really pleased to see that you know, we've been working really well with the FIA technical side on trying to find ways to reduce the cost. Um, and, of course, next year, uh, we've only got, from April onwards, we've only got two engines for the season. So all these sort of things are really, uh, from our point of view, it's never ever been as cost-effective to get into the WRC, so it's a great opportunity for, for, yeah. uh, for new manufacturers to come in at a, a very re- realistic uh, price. Mm. And Matt, from the driver's perspective, uh, would you think you'll have to change your, your style to, to cater for the new cars? I think so, yeah. I mean, it, it's like my dad said, it's, it goes back a little bit more to the, the older days. I mean, you, you've taken away all the the driver type aids if you like no launch control no paddle gear shift so it, it is back to being a little bit more physical and a bit more sort of hard work for the for the driver but i think you know we mentioned like the solid center diff and stuff like that i think it it does make it more spectacular and you know it, you're going to see a little bit more sideways driving for sure mm. um so hopefully Good. that that should suit me a little bit more that's always been my style maybe from the the older <laughs> the older generation i think it's something i've maybe learned from him <laughs> um, thanks but what, um, about, what about ken block <laughs> yeah well it should suit him <laughs> yeah, it'll really suit ken to be honest um but yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it and uh, i've actually done quite a significant amount of of driving in the car already from basically from the first time it, it turned a wheel i was i was involved with the car so that's been quite exciting seeing something run for the first time and, and being involved with it right the way up to, through the stages of it then it's quite exciting and it, it gives you a real good insight and, and feeling for the car so really looking forward to it and yeah should be should be good for us um, F1 drivers you know tend to say that after their first test they know where they've got a good car for the next season is that something you can sort of tell after all the testing you've done with the Fiesta Do you, does it feel like a, a good car yeah I mean definitely I mean I think it was amazing, especially on, on asphalt. I jumped in the car and, and after five runs up and down this, this piece of road, I got out of the car and I said, well, I feel more comfortable now and I feel like I can push harder in, in this car than, than I can in the Focus. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's just maybe it comes from the smaller chassis and maybe it's more nimble or whatever, but I think... Um, yeah, it, it actually it does feel difficult getting back into the focus now because it, it does feel like a, a big car and and uh, yeah, don't get me wrong, the, the focus is is still an incredible car to drive, but I think it's just after having driven it, it's just so small and nimble and changes direction so well. I think that it's it is difficult to to get back into it. It, it feels like a, a massive car, really. So, well, you what's, what's the what's the power difference, Malcolm? Um, the power the, at the end of the day there won't be much difference in the in the power between uh, between the two between the two litres and the one point six where you will re- where we'll really lose out is is the torque mm. so uh, you know as an example we've got the five speed gearbox in the in the in the focus mm-hmm. which we definitely couldn't run in a, in a Fiesta because we don't have the torque uh, right. torque to do that. Right. So I think uh, that's why I say, you know, higher revs, uh, yeah. the driver will have to work the car a lot more, as, as yeah. Matthew said. So yeah. uh, you'll really have to be uh, <clears throat> on top of your game to mm. make sure you don't 
drop below the, mm. you know, the yeah, RPM. I think it's one of them. Sure. It's one of them cars where you basically <coughs> your your heartbeat always feels like it's harder because every corner you you have to attack it. Whereas at the minute it's it's quite a a relaxed driving style if you like, quite neat and tidy and and very easy with the paddle mm. gear shift. And I think now it's best way to describe it is you, your heart rate is probably a lot yeah. higher because every corner is is basically you having to really push the car yeah, this has got to be a good thing hasn't it for for all of us not just you in the car i mean as spectators as fans as enthusiasts we, we want to see a bit more of that don't we yeah absolutely and i mean it's it's great again not you know having just a normal sequential gear shift as well you know with the paddle shift as matthew says you, mid corner you get something oh it's tight oh just <laughs> whereas now you, you know you're gonna the drive is going to have to think a lot more about yeah, yeah. being in the right gear for the corner and, and being able to attack. Talking so. about, briefly, just talking about having to think about things, those Group B cars were something else, and, and you're a good man to ask about it. Um, I mean, ha- be honest, how much of a challenge were they even for someone who's, you know, pretty damn good at it? Uh, I always <coughs> class the uh, that as as, as, the, as as the biggest challenge when it from all my driving yeah. career, because um, I mean first of all four wheel drive was again uh, a very sort of agricultural system solid centre diff no no handbrake releases in those days so you, you know you couldn't even use your handbrake anymore, um, but the the biggest challenge then was of course you know your turbo lag. Uh, because you didn't have the first sort of it, Group B cars, you didn't have any anti-lag systems, anything like that. So of course it was learning a whole new technique. Because I mean, coming from a rear-wheel drive Escort, the last thing you ever did was left foot brake. You know, that was just yeah. the last thing you did yeah. with a Mark II, yeah. Mark One or Mark Two Escort. You never needed to do that. Yeah. And then, but of course, then you had to left foot brake not for the the driving style, but to, again to keep the turbo mm. spinning. So. It was a great year, don't get me wrong. I, I, I think I derived more satisfaction from being able to master uh, that type of uh, car at that time than, than anything else. But still nothing like driving a, an Escort. <laughs> We've been coming back here for the last few minutes. I felt it coming on. But that's well, what you, you, you drive those for fun, don't you? You still, you still enjoy getting an Escort now, so... I mean, it's just incredibly. The thing that what really disappoints me now when I, if I ever do step into one and you drive one and you think, well, why did I have so many accidents in this car? (laughs) (laughs) Because you can literally, you know, you can do anything with them. You can make them talk, and you just think, why did you have accidents? But I suppose that in those in those days, again, everybody was driving absolutely flat out trying to. But um, but you are you are so well placed, aren't you? Uh, Have it to identify what you need out of Ford that, say, Citroen has already got? I mean, can you, can you just sum up what, what it is that you haven't had? That what we haven't had? Yeah. Um, I don't think we're... Uh, I think we... I not made a mistake, but... Um, you know, when we did our current um, focus... Um, you know, right out of the box, uh, we set fastest times on on uh, in Australia. And then, of course, we went 2006. We had Marcus. We won Monte Carlo. Okay, Sebastian. That's the one exception. He made a mistake, but he still finished uh, second. But I think um, looking back, the the we we could have been a lot more competitive on on uh, on tarmac. We, we were every bit as competitive on gravel. But we, you know, there's a couple of things that 
One, I think that uh, we paid a price for a little bit on, on tarmac was the five-speed gearbox, relying on the torque rather than on the more peaky engine for, for asphalt. Uh, and of course, you know the, the focus is um, is slightly bigger than than the C4. And of course, <coughs> when you're at this level, you know the the, the slightest thing is, yeah. uh, is is time. So I don't think we've. Um, yeah, I suppose the one thing that we have that we don't have is, is the, as you said, the lobe factor. Um, because I think you know whatever he'd been in, he would have still been winning all the rallies. Really? Do you? You do think that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. This is not great news, Matthew, is it? Really? No, but I'm not the only one to, no, to no, have no, to no, worry you about. You really think, Malcolm, if, if he'd been driving for you, no matter who had been in the Citroen, it wouldn't have. Yeah, I think if okay, it would, I have to be honest and mm. say that these last few months it would have been more difficult for him mm. um, because we've we've you know we, we've we've struggled a bit this season to be honest, but we we regrouped after was it Bulgaria and we got back where we needed to be, but of course you know we've been I'm not, I'm not saying we have we've still been doing all the testing and everything, but of course the what what happened sort of eighteen months ago was the the technical regulations were frozen from the mm. FIA so because of course the car was being phased out. Mm. So there was uh, there was very little that you could do. As an example, we if if we could have, we would probably have gone to a, a six-speed box, and we would have looked right. at changing our engine characteristics, for instance, for this year, if yeah. if we'd had that possibility. Um, but of course, we didn't, and of course, mm. we've been flat out, you know, developing the uh, the, the new car for next yeah, year sure. as well. Yeah. 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 Well, someone we better talk about. We have got a feature on him in the new issue, uh, Kimi Raikkonen. Oh. Come on, guys. What's, what's, your, what's your verdict? Come on, you got to tell us. What, what, what do you think? He's slow, isn't he, Matthew? <laughs> I, think, I think from my side, I think maybe people looking from the outside have, have maybe thought that he, he hasn't done a very good job. But from my side, I, I think it was it was difficult to expect anything else. I mean, you know, you, you can never come into rallying and, and try and, and win in, in your first year. I think... You know, he's obviously got the driving talent. There's no doubt about that. But I think a lot of people don't realise it's it's not that. It's all the other stuff that goes with it. It's making the pace notes, having only two mm. passes on the recce to, to to make good pace notes mm. and to actually trust them when you come to the rally. And and I think that's there's all that other side of it, the recce's, all that thing that you know that he sort of didn't really have any any idea about. He'd done three or four rallies before he came to to Sweden this year. So really, I don't think you could have expected, you know, a lot real difference of, to what he's done. Okay, maybe he's had more accidents than than he maybe should have. And I think one thing is, you know, what he maybe could have done more is is maybe get to the end of the rallies and and learn more. But um, in terms of speed, I don't think you could really expect, you know, anything anything different. Mm. I think there's this assumption. Um, that if you're a Formula One driver, you are the best, and that's the end of it. And, you know, if you look at Montoya in NASCAR, yeah, yeah he's won a couple of races, but he's not found it easy. Mm. It's a yeah. com- totally different discipline. And just back to Brundle, um, when he said to me that he thinks that world's top rally drivers are the most complete drivers on earth, he was making the point that uh, he said, you know, if, if we get a situation in Formula One when suddenly on Saturday it's pouring down yeah. for qualifying and it's been bone dry to that point there's sort of near sort of hysteria golly yeah. and how do we cope and all the rest of it and he said you know for a, for a top rally driver every special stage is like that because yeah. conditions might be totally 
yeah exactly different right. from what you've practiced on and you've got one shot yeah exactly i mean we we do the recce on a tuesday or wednesday and then you maybe well especially with a sunday that's that's like four or five days later than than yeah. you've seen the road and yeah it can dramatically change i mean we've we've seen before in the past where you know it, it maybe rains really heavily and you know the road can get washed away with the gravel and all that sort of mm. thing and or i mean in instances of gb a couple of years ago we had we had snow on the recce mm. and mm. then we had no snow for the rally no, so no, no, no. all that changes and that's what you have to basically cope with and especially this year as well i mean you with a single make tire you, you can maybe leave service and and the stages are you know are dry uh, and then you get into the stage and it can be absolutely pouring down and you, you have to cope with that on on, yeah, on, on yeah. a hard tyre basically yeah. so I think there's there's a lot of challenges and that's what really appealed to me about, about rallying I went, obviously did two or three years of, of circuit racing mm. and if I'm honest, I'm really probably got bored of going round in circles, really. <laughs> well, I, was, I wanted to ask you, actually, was it that or was it Hamilton's lap times? Which was it? <laughs> well, yeah, it was both, really. Um, no, I mean, don't get me wrong, I learnt a lot from, from racing. I learnt a lot from Formula Renault. I mean, the level of competition was very high. And, um, you know, 30-odd cars in the grid. And, you know, by the end of the year, we were, we were getting inside the top 10 and, you know... And, but what was strange for me was you went to Brands Hatch and you, you were, you know, I think you were 0.4 or 0.5 of a second off, mm. off pole, but you were, you were 13th on the grid. Mm. Um, and that was the level of competition. Mm. But that, that taught you a lot. You know, it taught you a lot for rallying. That, that tiny, tiny little amount mm. can make a big difference. So, yeah, there was, there was obviously that factor to it. But what really appeals to me about rallying is, you know, you go to Sweden, you're driving on snow and ice. You go to France, you, you're driving on tarmac, you, you're in gravel in Mexico sure. or Argentina or whatever it is. Sure. And every rally is totally different. And uh, I think that's what, what I like and what you have to, to master to, to get it right, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much of mastering that is down to your co-driver as well? Because, you know, we're talking about pace notes. And obviously, it's a, a lot of that is you as a driver, you know, doing it and relaying what you think. Yeah. But I mean, it's because obviously Kimmy's he's got quite a good relationship with this co-driver. I think, as, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, I mean, is that where he's going wrong? This just him actually being able to download all the information to him, or? I think, yeah. I mean, it, 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 a pace note system takes a long time to develop, and I mean, even now, I mean, I've been driving for six or seven years, and you. you you still never ever stop learning in terms of pace notes and, and changing your system. I mean, you go through a stage probably where you, you have too much information and then you take that away and you probably have a little bit too less information. And it's it's a really it's a fine balance. And I think if you ask any driver, they never stop they never stop learning that. But a good strong co-driver can can really help you that, especially on a recce. You know, you, you say right that that corner's maybe not quite flat out, but it, it's close to it. And if you have a good co-driver and, and they know as as well what the car can do, you know, yeah. like you, they'll say, well, no, I think you can take that that corner flat out, or mm. you think that it's maybe a little bit tighter than it actually is. And and if you have that relationship, then you know that can make a, a big difference. Mm. Malcolm, that, last last question on Kimmy. How would you fancy being his team boss then? There's all sorts of rumours for next year about him getting in a Ford, isn't there? So, what, what, what do you take um, from him, from Team Boss's well, perspective? I'm, I'm glad that he's been with another team for his first 12 months. <laughs> I would certainly hope that he didn't do as much damage if he was with us in his, uh, in his second season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, we'd definitely be interested. I think, it, it's, I, I think it's great in one sense that, you know, when he, when he came to rally, he, it, uh, I think, like Matthew said, it's, 
a lot of people, even the press, I think, underestimated the, the challenge for him. Mm. I, I remember um, one of the journalists um, in Sweden, uh, as an example, and Yari Matti said, well, Yari said, well, we can probably, if, he's, if he gets under five seconds a, a, a kilometre, Behind me, he'll be doing very well. And the journalist just said, "No." He laughed. He thought he he, he thought he just yeah. Kimmy would be right up there. Mm. But you know, when you look at his times and some of the classic yeah. stages, then and a lot of that is like Matthew says, it's, it's experience. And you know, you you've just got to have you've just got to keep doing the events, get the experience, get the finishes, and then start to build on that. And that's really where he's for me that he's he's, he's lost out this season. Is there, are, are you going to run him next year? Um, no, I mean to be honest, genuinely, we've had uh, we have not had any negotiation with him. Um, there's, as you said, there's a lot of rumours about him joining the Monster Team. For sure, we hopefully we're still running the the Monster Team next year. Um, I think you know they've been speaking to him, but there's definitely nothing uh, nothing confirmed at the moment. Mm. I must say, I do have total admiration for the man who sits alongside him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I wanted to ask one quick, really amateur question of you, Malcolm. And that is, uh, with, with there being two people in the car, one is driving, one is reading the notes, do you totally, totally have blind faith in what you're hearing? Or are you also thinking, hang on a minute, is that it doesn't look quite right when I'm seeing 100 yards up there? I mean, I really want to know that, that whole thing, that trust thing. No, you have to have absolute. Really? You, you couldn't. You couldn't win rallies or be competitive no. if you so didn't have complete uh, trust. Right. And I mean, you you see now a lot of the accidents um, are caused by, you know, a wrong note or yeah. a, or mm. a late call or didn't hear. Um, you, you know, it, it's, it's impossible to remember 350 kilometres of mm. of road. So you have to have complete yeah. confidence. But again, that's where the experience because then you make. You pace notes, so if you have got a crucial place, a blind crest or whatever it is, and it's a slight, you know, you need to make your notes so that you've got total confidence of what uh, what the co-driver is telling you. That it's, you know, you it means so much to you as a driver when when that happens. So, how, how long, Malcolm? Go, how long does that take? With say with someone new, a new co-driver, how long does it take before you get to the point of right? I trust this guy completely. Oh no, I think you can trust the guy on, on your very first rally. Really, um, really? I don't. Um, right. I don't think that's uh, th- that's an issue. Um, yeah. Well, you have to. I mean, Pet, yes, Pet, yes, you know, yes, if yes. you look at this year, Petter changed and immediately is is competitive and he's got the confidence. Yes, sure. Uh, he's got the confidence. But in the, some presumably must be better than others, and I and I. Yeah, there's no question. You know, I, mean, I, I, uh, I think that the difference is if you get a really really good one, they can they can instill you with a lot of confidence. Yes. You know, and I think. That comes from before the rally even starts on the recce. I think they yeah. ca- they can really help you there and instill that confidence in you, mm. um, and and the way that they read the notes as well, whether they can, mm. you know, how the tone of voice and everything that all De- that makes delivery. a difference. And it's mm. you know it's that can really you know mm. it can give you that confidence or it can maybe maybe make you. The thing that always strikes me is how laid back they sound, how completely relaxed <laughs> you think that they're, they're in the middle of this. Absolute chaos. (laughs) Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And they're still sort of saying, you know, and they can't see either. That's that's the no, other thing. No, it's, it's all done. They're looking from, down. Yeah, it's all uh, done. Uh, but again, are they all are they all much of a muchness in that, or are some a bit more excitable? Or oh, they're all different. I mean, it's like yeah, all yeah. the drives are different, and you know, some most of the co drives they, they feel what's happening. As Matthew said, they've got the head down, they can't see out the car. Everything they're feeling, everything through the seat of the pants, basically, yeah. as, as to what what the car's actually doing. And of course, you know, some are better at it than. Than yeah. others. Yeah. Um, Seems we're um, two weeks away from the Rally GB in Wales. Um, might it be useful for you, Matthew, to give us a guide as to where, for those who don't know, that is, the best places, some of the, you know, say a few of the really best places to go and watch? Because you can get very close to the cars on that rally, can't you? It's, it's highly spectacular in, in places, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think. Um, I think this is now the the third time that we're actually going up to Mid Wales um, to like the classic Sweet Lamb and, and half an area. So I think, you know, I would definitely recommend people to go in into the Sweet Lamb, you know, into the bowl complex. It's it's a, probably the closest thing you'll get to like a natural grand, grandstand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, like you say, you get really really close to the cars and, and the action. So I think I'd definitely recommend that. And it's classic stages, like I said. Um, but also. Um, I think on the Saturday we, we do some quite new stuff for us. I mean, yeah. We're on uh, tarmac up on Epint, which it's first for me. I've I've never done that, so that could be quite interesting. You see a little bit of, of action up there, I'm sure, <laughs> with gravel tyres on, on tarmac. It could be interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there, is some, there is some new aspects to it this year, which it could make it quite interesting, I think. There's a, there's a special, super special in Cardiff Bay, right? Yeah. Well, so it says here. <laughs> you said that with a lot of enthusiasm, yeah. didn't you? <laughs> well, I'm a Cardiff Bay isn't my favourite place in the world, okay? That's fine. But, but uh, it's much improved by a rally car going quickly around it. Uh, just tell us, what is this? What is, what is this all about? This is a... I think it's, it's a new super special that, that they've created, which is, like you say, it's around the, the docks in, in Cardiff Bay. So I don't really know a great deal about it we'll we'll see for the first time it's actually what we're using as the shakedown on on the wednesday evening so we'll know a little bit bit more then but um yeah from what i hear it's it's quite short and it's it's a blast around the, the docks for the spectators uh, and it's tarmac i, I, I must well, say which, which was the year that Loeb um hurt himself and he missed he missed rally gb 2000 and Six, five, six, six. Because <coughs> I was I was there that year, and in fact I was at Eppins, and I mean I was suitably impressed, believe me. <laughs> but the day finished with this thing, and it was actually in the stadium. Oh, that's right. And I just thought, ye gods, this is you know. I know it's the sort of TV audience is the only one that matters, yeah. and all the rest of it. But I just thought this is no place in a world championship event. It was just. 
What did, what did you What did you think? It was sort of fun, but you know, I mean, it's not from. I mean, he can say, but I mean, from a driver's point of view, they're, they're not this. You're right. They're not the sort of thing that you really no. enjoy. You don't no. get real pleasure out of. Well, it's like the know, race of champions. You yeah, know, I mean, it's sort of fun. It's, but it's 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 the guy who's the neatest and can keep the nice tidy line. It yeah. tends to be the quickest, but. It's not. Uh, I don't think it's a big spectacle. Something like that. No. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are super specials, which, which are quite spectacular. Mm. <clears throat> but that particular one uh, in the stadium, um, I, again, I didn't feel was um, was what really rallying is yeah. all about. This one in the in the bay, hopefully, should be uh, a little bit better. That, certainly, yeah. But of course, you know, the, the stadiums. It's, it's great to get easy to get all the spectators in and. Mm. Uh, and there were a hell of a lot there. Yeah, I think uh, it, the thing with it as well, you, you maybe get people into it that that won't go and and traipse into the middle of a Welsh forest and and stand and, and get mm. soaking wet. You know, well, I think it's true. But I mean, if you on the other hand, if you only saw that, you know, yeah, in you the, wouldn't in the get bloody, a, in the a great impression of rallying. Uh, and I mean, having seen Appent, you know, a few hours earlier, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think one one other thing maybe with places like that would. You know, like my dad said, the neatest and tidiest is the fastest, but that obviously doesn't make for for spectacular viewing. So maybe oh, if, yeah. if it wasn't if it wasn't timed, and the driver could put on a bit more of a mm. of a show, then it, it would make it more exciting. But mm. like you say, you know, you, you're keeping it neat and tidy, and it it, it isn't spectacular either. No, I mean, you, no. you've got to say, haven't you? That this, the worldwide success and and uh, popularity of Ken Block is partly due to the fact that people just love to see this car doing this these ridiculous things at all angles, sideways, dust everywhere, <coughs> whizzing through buildings. I mean, it, people love that kind of stuff. And what I don't understand about World Rally Championship is we all, we all round this table, we love it, we like watching it. I mean, OK, we're not, we're not mega enthusiasts. So why isn't it more popular? Why isn't it on telly? Why isn't it like Formula One you know I mean I don't get it well I think the great thing from our point of view is that um, Jean Todt has now gone public and said that he wants to get rallying back where where he believes that it should be and he thinks it should be uh, in every country but we are definitely uh, suffering here and I think another reason is that we don't have a um, we don't have a Burns and a, and a McRae yeah. either battling it out and you know got, all the things. Got Matthew that, Wilson there. Yeah, we, we need more. Uh, <laughs> we, need, we need more Brits in there so that at least you know there's more there's more yeah, to, yeah. to to uh, talk about. I think that's so. I think and as well is that you know it's it's now only uh, it, it's not going to happen overnight. But we've got a new we've got a global promoter now in North One. So, you know, at least they've got a long-term uh, contract, so they can now invest. Um, and hopefully, uh, as I say, I think with, with what's happening, with a, the talk of Mini, the talk, well, confirmed of Mini, but, you know, there's other manufacturers that are talking about coming in, Volkswagen, people like that, Saab. So um, I think once you attract more manufacturers, then for sure, yeah. it's, it's going to create more interest, and I think the sport is going to definitely grow. I think it's... The foundations are there now, to, but it's not going to happen overnight. One of the things you're mentioning, you know, we haven't got a, a Burns and McRae. Next generation is always a, a big talking point in rallying. You've just got the contract for the new FIA Academy to build the cars for that, trying to get young drivers into the World Rally Championship. How, how difficult is it these days to get, to get your break and get through? Is it harder than it's ever been? Well, it's been difficult, certainly the last couple of years, because there's only been the, the, the two manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, that's been helped by the M2 teams, that you know, the Citroen Junior team and the Stobart team, people like that. So that that's helped. 
Um, but I, I'm still a firm believer that if the talent is there and the desire is there from the driver, he will still still find a way to it, yeah. to get to the top. And I think the academy is a is a is a great uh, opportunity for us because you know everybody's going to be in the same car. We're going to be able to see who's actually got the real potential. Mm. So uh, I think that's another big step <coughs> for the sport. That you know it means that somebody can get in it at a realistic cost. And I think it you know with it being uh, FIA supported, at least it's. Given a lot of the ASN, it's the uh, encouragement to invest in, in in a driver from their country in, in the academy. And is there anyone coming onto the radar? You've got your eye on young drivers coming up. Yeah, I mean there there are. Don't get me wrong, there are. St- you know there uh, there are drivers that uh, we, that we're watching at the moment, and there's definitely you know there's no question there's potential world champions out there. Would you like to name one or two or not? No, I think. Um, <laughs> I prefer to just keep <laughs> those names to myself at the moment. No, uh, that's a no. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, 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 listen to this space. Maybe we can persuade. Maybe we can persuade these uh, great Wilson guys to come back another time next year. Maybe. Who knows? Well, I've asked them now, haven't I? Um, <laughs> is it possible that David Richards Pro Drive and the Mini, what used to be used to be called the Countryman, I don't know what it's called now. This Mini. Is it possible they could come in and sort of do a brawn, if you like, or doesn't? Isn't that really feasible in world rallying? I think it's going to be very difficult um, because the well, one is uh, drivers for, for a start off, but um, yeah. you know, again, being out of it for the last couple of years, um, it's not easy. Certainly, it's not something that I would be comfortable about if we said, right, well, we're going to stop for twelve months, we're going to develop <laughs> a new car. I certainly wouldn't be comfortable with that position, and that's something that I've always sort of said to Ford. You know, we have to keep going. We have to keep the continuity because, you, you know, you, you, you're you always learning. You're always picking things. It's like, as I said, even this season when we you couldn't really uh, evolve the car that much, uh, we, we found ways between Bulgaria and Finland. Now, if we hadn't been rallying, we wouldn't yeah. have found that, and we can transfer that technology that we've learned into next year's car. Sure. So... Uh, it'd be great if they could come and really knock on the door from the first event, but I think that's going to be uh, I think that's going to be quite difficult for them. When you say partly because of the drivers, I mean that <coughs> that is a comment about Chris Meek, isn't it, or isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean Chris is. Don't get me wrong, Chris has got. But I mean again, he's he hasn't got the WRC experience. There's what we've been talking about the knowledge of the stages and building. Uh, you know, he's very he's very fast, but of course. Uh, we've seen with Kimmy. We, Kimmy's very, very quick as well. So um, it would be unfair, to be honest, on Chris to expect him to come in and and, and win in in the first season. Just like a lot of people thought Kimmy would. There's, there's no way that Chris is going to be able to do that. He's, he needs uh, to build up the experience mm. and just hope that he gets that opportunity to you know get mm. that uh, length of time that it's going to take. Mm. And of course, it depends who who they have as their, as their, as their other driver as well. But you know, there's, there's, as we all know, there's very few people who have won won rallies in the last few years, yeah. and they're all basically they've all got seats for next year. So, yeah. yeah. <coughs> Matthew, um, somebody in our office, I won't tell you who in case you don't like the question, <laughs> suggested to me that um, you've been on some sort of five-year program here in the sense of how do you honestly feel you've done? over the last five years and what have you got to do now because you know we all want you to be right up there yeah definitely I mean we have been on a 
on a five-year plan, and um, that plan was basically we had a little bit of security that we knew that you know we would be competing, you know, year after year, unlike a lot of drivers have had. You know, they, they have to basically prove themselves mm-hmm. from year to year to try and get the funding for the following year. And I think we were lucky; we we had that security of of knowing that you know we could do the the first two or three years of basically just finishing the rallies learning as much as we could um, and with no real pressure but I think that then you know the, the last couple of years we, we've had to, to show that, that more you know that pace and, and show that you, you can you know be up there and I think realistically we, we've got to the level where I think we're the best way to describe it is we're best of the rest <laughs> you know there's 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 the works drivers and, and there's Petter and then I think you know we're in that, that gap and I think really making that transition from being fourth fifth sixth to, to stepping onto the podium it's it's a fraction of an amount but it takes a lot and I think he knows as well you know he's, he's experienced it as well that that next level is the hardest place point to take but um yeah, don't get me wrong. This year we we were probably we were looking for more. Um, there's been some good rallies for us, but there's been some where we, we weren't happy and we wanted more from them. Um, but like I said, hopefully next year's car should should suit us more. But I think the other, the other scenario as well is maybe we've been a little bit unlucky with with timing as well. I mean, we're in it at, at a point where there's there is only two manufacturers, so there is only four works drives. Mm. If you go back to 2001 or 2002 there was six or seven teams and, and most of them teams had three cars you know I think it, the scenario would be very very different if you were in that era um, but that's the way it is and like we've we've all said here that more manufacturers there is the more drives there is um, then there's more opportunities for, for younger drivers like myself so I think um, yeah it's it's been been good to have that security and I think obviously that that maybe maybe ends now but um, if we can get something sorted for next year and and have a a real good go at it and in a car that hopefully should should suit us then we might be able to to make that step up to that that podium level if you like. Malcolm how how damaging or (coughs) positive has it been to have two series having the Intercontinental Series um vying with the World Rally Championship for attention and taking manufacturers who could be in WRC away, would you say? I don't think um, they're vying for each other. I think there's still room for, for both championships uh, to continue. Um, and it's not... I mean, I know what you're saying, but the, the, there's really only one manufacturer in there in IRC, which is, which is Skoda, that's doing mm. it as a, as, a, as a factory effort. Um, I mean, all the other sort of programs are sort of national sales uh, orientated, yeah. and I think it's probably going to move even more so that way mm-hmm. uh, next season. So I, I don't really, as I say, I think there's a, a place for both championships. They're, they're going to continue next year with just the normally aspirated Super 2000 category. Um, and don't get me wrong, they've been getting some very, very strong entries. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's still. Um, the level of, and the standard of the uh, of the drivers, you know, you see when the likes of the Hanninans and what have you go to the WRC, that there's still a big step mm. between uh, between an IRC level of driver and uh, a WRC mm. uh, top line driver. Yeah, but it, it still seems to me that losing Monte Carlo, for example, 
is, is, a, is a mistake. Oh, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's you're absolutely mm. right. I mean, mm. uh, Monte Carlo should be in, in the World Championship. I yeah. mean, it's mm. it's the rally that everybody knows. And uh, but I think you know that's a an issue that's um, it's a political issue, should we say? <laughs> yeah. And uh, hopefully, you know, again, that's hopefully something else that you know Jean Todd can get addressed because yeah. you know we we need Monte in in WRC. Do you and you know, we, I mean, we did Monte Carlo <coughs> this year with the Fiesta. Um, purely because that's we felt it was a great platform, you know. To if you can win Monte Carlo first time out with a new car, then sure. you know it, it yeah. did the job yeah. for us. And yeah, uh, sure. you know, as much as you know, we, we we probably won't be going back next year because we we we, we use it for a purpose. But um, it, it's just a shame that it's not in WRC. Mm. Do you like what you're hearing and seeing from Todd? Yeah, I mean, some of the uh, I don't I, think I like the, the the thing for me is the fact that he wants to get rallying back. That's the most important thing. Yeah, I think uh, some of the things we've you know we've we've been working with him quite a bit, and I think he would like to go back to how a lot of the rallying was in the old days. But I mean, being realistic, it's not. Uh, you, you can't really go back to those days. I mean, don't mm. get there were great days, and even when I did the old RSE rally a couple of years ago, it was it was it was fantastic. You know, pulling out at the end of a stage. Servicing <laughs> at the end, right on the roadside, and uh, yeah. you know, uh, you can't days. really the good old days. You can't really go back to that. I mean, it, no. you know, it's, it's um, just, I mean, talking about the good old days, you know, I mean, will we ever see a return to sort of night stages and things like that? Because you know they were so spectacular. That's yeah, I mean, that's that's been talked about. There's no question that uh, that that will come back. But again, of course, you know, there's there's the, there's all the safety issues to think about as well. It's you know, with currently as it stands, is that you know unless we can have helicopter cover, then um, you can't really run a WRC stage. So uh, there's the things like that need to be addressed. How how they can we can cover it from a safety point of view, um, which again everybody they are looking at because as you all know, it, it, it's um, there's a bit more mystique and everything about it if you can have the night stages. Yeah. Do you think modern rallying is as challenging as it used to be? <laughs> Matthew's <laughs> nodding. <laughs> well, I mean, they're yeah, like I mean, sleeping. Put it this way: that, you know, <laughs> from a driver, from a driver's point of view, I mean, it, it, it's no. Everybody's still driving. Mm. In the old days, the drivers drove flat out, so I, I don't think there's any difference there. I think, um, and of course, cars are a lot more reliable now. Mm. Um, so I think there's more on the. Um, on the engineering and, and and design now than than there ever used to be. I yeah. mean, you know, it's. Uh, but to be honest, though, I mean, I don't know. It's not the spectacle it was, is it? Is it? I think if you went and stood in a stage, a quick stage in Finland or a quick if stage you on Rally G, I'll be there. <laughs> uh, well, I will. Uh, what? I will invite you then. Great, <coughs> because if, uh, you're on, on. I'll be there. Rob, I, I was impressed by Yes, I can. <laughs> and it's not blagging a trip. It's just that I, I love watching in some of those places in Wales. But anyway, back to my thing. Yeah, you're right, probably. Okay, Mr. Editor. But the thing is, <laughs> all right. I know we can't keep looking back fine and I'm sure from where Matthew's sitting it's extremely exciting I don't doubt it for a moment but it isn't the thing where we used to tune into William Willard at eight o'clock on BBC two and here we were in the middle of this forest in the middle of the night yeah but that's because it's it's you're right we touched on it before it's because it's not on TV like it like it was and I mean it's not followed for instance rally GB is not followed like it used to, as you say the William Willard is I remember that because my car was BBC 
Top Gear or whatever it was in 1980. Mm. But it was brilliant. Yeah, but it's still brilliant. It's just well, that it's Ro- not, Rob, it's not I, getting... I've got a DVD. I mean, which was the rally in Ireland that Loeb did prior to the to the first Irish rally in the World Championship? Uh, Donegal. He just, yeah, that's right. Have you ever seen the DVD they they, no. they made of, of Loeb on that rally? No. It's just fantastic because you know, starting off, they are nowhere. Yeah. Because the conditions are like they've never seen. And, of course, he wins in the end. They get better and better. Some of the footage in that, Rob, if you saw that, I swear to God... Yeah, yeah, y- yeah. You wouldn't be saying it's not spectacular as, no. as, as <coughs> you know, it's eye-opening. I it just is. meant, OK, well, this is, I won't, I'll stop after this point. <laughs> I, just, I, just th- I just thought the whole thing of when these guys, you know, they literally didn't sleep for however long it was. They drove, you know, forever and ever, through the night, through the day, whatever... It, it was an incredible sort of adventure, if you like, and I suppose what you're saying is, all right, all right, well, that isn't safe anymore, this is what we have now, and that's it. Yeah, but it, it, it was an ad- adventure, but there wasn't the close competition that there is now. I mean, right. rallies, after three days, we, we're talking about going round and round circuits, and we had a New Zealand rally a couple of years ago, and it's won by 0.3 of a second. <laughs> Mm. After three days of comedy. when in the old days that that was hours, you know, yes. it was yeah. minutes or yeah. or even hours yeah, okay. on some yeah. some events. You it's know, much more intense now. Surely yeah, it must yeah. Be. yeah. I mean, if a driver built up a, a lead on years ago, and as long as he didn't have any technical issues, then he was going to win the rally. Mm. But you know, three days and point three of a second. Yeah. Come no, on, no, come on. We we definitely need to get you out to a stage. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm on my way already. <laughs> Actually, can, can I ask both of you which the year round is the rally you most look forward to going to? From my side, from from, from a driver's from, point right. of view, I think New Zealand is the is really? the ultimate. Yeah, I mean, it's just incredible. The roads um, are just well, they are basically used roads that are used every day gravel roads that are, are used on take kids to school with the bus yes. or whatever yeah um but the yeah they're just unlike anything else in the world and from a driver's point of view it's it's incredible don't get me wrong finland as well finland is is another yeah i suppose unique, that was the one i was expecting another unique place but i think <coughs> there i think it's probably uh, if you're a scandinavian it's, it's probably a little bit easier for you um but in terms of adrenaline probably Finland does win but I think from from actual pleasure of driving it, it has to New be Zealand. New Zealand yeah, yeah that's interesting. Uh, from my point going back a few years then the one that was the the biggest challenge from a from a team point of view was was Safari Rally yes. because there's yes. so many aspects to it you know there was speed there was reliability yeah. there was the, animals the every, everything <laughs> that you know everybody I believe that everybody in the team played a, a major part you couldn't win safari rally unless ebbing was right mm. so that was the biggest challenge uh, i suppose now in the in the current uh, era the two rallies for me are um, again one because i i used to from a driving point I used to enjoy it more than anything was, was sweden mm-hmm. um just been able to to go so fast um, and not scrub speed off when you, uh, you know, it's one of the few places even if you're fully sideways you're not actually sort of scrubbing speed off. It's uh, it's, a, it's a tremendous feeling. Mm. Oh, and I should tell you. You should see his face. <laughs> and, uh, and and Finland, because again yes. we class it as the as the Grand Prix of the World Rally Championship. Yes, yes. And from my point of view, to win Finland, it's the sort of spa. It, it's it, yeah, and the, yeah. and I always yeah. believe as well that you know it, it's that becomes the turning point in a driver's career. Mm. I've seen it so many times. That you know, once a driver wins Finland, hmm. 
it's it's a big mm. turning point. You know, we saw it last year with Miko. That you know mm. it came to within one point. Yari Mati this year. <coughs> uh, we've seen it in the past with the Carlos's and the sure. Didier Orioles, and the, you know it's um, it's just such a fantastic. And you know you're talking about speed and spectacular. I mean, uh, mm. if that is the one rally to go and watch, I mean you would just be absolutely blown away by the speed that these guys do now on on, on a gravel surface. Mm. But, even, but even Finland, I mean, <laughs> I mean, people say to me these days, "Oh, yeah, yeah it's great stuff," but it's not what it was. I mean, it's, is, is that I think what you don't have is is probably what you're saying is the Mark II Escorts having gone sideways. Yeah, right? yeah. But sure. what you do have now is this the speed. I mean, yeah. mm. you go to a test even, and I mean, my, my technicians come back from France the other day from the test in the Fiesta, and they said they were standing in a place where they thought they would be fine just watching Yari Mati go around and they all ran back they were frightened they thought there's no way that he could get round the corner fantastic uh, and you know that's people who are involved in the sport but they all come back and they, they, they were all just buzzing about they just thought it was impossible to stay on the road Matthew do you ever frighten yourself doing this? Um not really. I mean, I remember the first the first time I ever did Rally Finland and the classic Uninpoya stage. Um, it was actually broken in out like this, and, and I, it was shaking. I mean, I must admit that was that was probably the only time. And then then after that, you you're used to it and you're, you're used to what you need to do. But I must admit that first time was was incredible. You, you just think I, I physically can't. How can you you go this quickly on on gravel and then? I remember there's, you get to one junction and we actually have it in the pace notes that it gets faster now and you think how the hell can this stage <laughs> get any faster than, than what it is but yeah. it, it does get faster but you, you think it's impossible really yeah. <laughs> well I think just about all of us in this room have at some time or another sat alongside these people and I uh, must say you've only got to do it once to um, be in total awe of what you do incredible um, c- can I quickly ask you? You mentioned that Saab and Volkswagen might be coming in. How real is this? Um, well, it, it seems uh, we've certainly Volkswagen have been involved with with meetings with where we've been with the FIA, um, really? and they seem very very positive towards WRC. Uh, and I'm, you know, from the Saab point of view, I think you people have probably read the same as as. Um, as what I've read, but I, again, I know working with North One, they've had been in deep discussions with them about all the marketing and the promotional side. So, uh, yeah, if you could get another iconic brand like that yeah. back in rally, mm-hmm. yeah, then uh, I think there's a. I really genuinely believe this: the sport is really going to develop in the next few years. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen next year, but certainly in the next few years, I can I can really see it uh, getting back to where. We all believe. Well, certainly we believe. I don't know about you guys. You roundy, roundy guys. You know, <laughs> that, that here, where it's going to get to. Sorry. But, uh, roundy, roundy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think everyone everyone wants to see it back to where it was. I think that you look back and naturally the times when you got all the manufacturers in and all the star drivers, it's it's naturally going to be harks back to. But it does seem, from our point of view as well, that 
there's a, a brighter horizon ahead now with the, with the new rules as well. And as you say, the car's being more spectacular, but you can grab back the attention that um, has been lost, I guess. Yeah, and as I mentioned earlier, again about the the entry level, the cost now is you know it's 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 more realistic, should we say, than yeah. than ever before. I mean, I think you know if you go back a few years, then for sure, you know we were building cars that were you know costing nearly nearly six hundred thousand pounds. So. Um, so there's been, you know, when, 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 how, how far, how long ago, Malcolm? A couple of years ago. Really? I mean, re- well, really, yeah, the current yeah. car, current the current design, car, yeah. um, sort of cost that sort of money. Yeah. Um, and of course, we less we reduced that by more than fifty percent with the Super Two Thousand. Mm. But of course, mm. the new car is going to be more expensive because, there's, again, <coughs> it's really centred around the engine. They want the, mm. you know, going back to one point six turbo and mm. making it last two engines for the season. Yeah, but sure. Then, of course, then you you know you're running costs because you're not rebuilding your engine every rally again. Yeah. So, been a big uh, big push on on uh, on that side from mm. a cost saving point of view. Mm. When you talk about Volkswagen, do you think that they will come back as Volkswagen or will come back as Skoda, bearing in mind the success of the Fabia? No, certainly the conversations we've had that it would be uh, it would be the, the the brand would be VW. I think that uh, Skoda are going to continue as as they are with IRC and uh, because that's that's basically their customer business. Yeah. I think they've done thirty cars or something now. Yeah. Um, so certainly, what we've been told is that it would be it would be VW. Yeah. They, um, I went over to Wolfsburg um, earlier this year actually and talked to them, and they said that they were very much looking into rallying because the engine that you know they will use is something they actually sell in their road cars, and that is just a massive part of their decision. That's why they said, you know, Formula One has no interest to us at all because you know how do you market that? As, as our brand so I think mm. they, they obviously were I mean you know it looks hopeful I think yeah well <clears throat> as I say we're, we're all because you know that's if you could get somebody like them in as well then it would uh, also of course roundy roundy cars cost a damn sight more than 600k <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe on that note, we'll finish. Shall we? <laughs> shall we? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, thank you very much. Goes without saying. Thanks so much, Malcolm, Matthew Wilson, from the BP Ford Abu Dhabi Rally Team. And good luck in Wales. We'll be, we'll be rooting for you. Thank you very much. Good thank fun. It's, it's, it's true what they say about rally guys and bike guys. They're, they, they're great fun to talk to. I must uh, tell you that these podcasts rely on you. When I say you, I mean you, the audience. Because without you listening and without you buying our magazine, we will not be able to continue. And it would be enormously helpful to all of us if you were to consider subscribing to Motorsport magazine. And there are some good reasons why you should do this. The main one being that you will save over 23% on the cover price. That is quite a saving. And this time round, in the subscription offer, you will also get a free hip flask. Yep. Uh, You will have, importantly, you will have your own dedicated customer service team, which I must say these days is worth money. Have you tried calling BT? Uh, So you get your own customer service team, and I really would love it if more of you would subscribe to our magazine because it's going to help us. It'll help you save money. It's a fantastic magazine. Malcolm Wilson's been reading it during most of this podcast, I've got to tell you. And I buy it as well. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Fantastic. What a great note to end on. And also, how wonderful to hear that WRC, within a couple of years or so, is going to come right back and be, be the fantastic sport it should be. So thanks for listening. 
Thanks to everybody. Thanks to Alan on the machinery behind me. And we'll see you next month. Goodbye. Motorsport Magazine, for the very best in motor racing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.